Hey there, welcome to America on Tap, a weekly podcast discussing the issues affecting my generation, your generation, and our neighbor's generation, all while enjoying a cold beer. So you're telling me your Venezuelan passport was issued in Mexico and your student visa for the United States was stamped in Colombia? Well, not an unusual question if you're a third culture kid, something I identify with and the scope of today's episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. As usual, this is your host, Juan Franco. For those of you unaware of what this means, third culture kid refers to people who were raised in a culture other than their parents' culture or the culture of the country they were born in. If that sounds like a lot, you're definitely right it is. I was born in Venezuela, hold dual nationality with Spain, and was raised in El Salvador, Mexico, Colombia. Plus, I've also lived in Denmark, Ecuador, the United States, and for a short period of time, in Venezuela. Third culture kids come in a wide range, and today we're going to explore the phenomenon and how it impacts each and every one of us. I promise I'm normal, at least I think I am. But to determine that, let's jump right in with my fellow third culture kids, Jill and Andrea. Welcome to the show, everyone. Let's get things started this time around with my two guests, Andrea and Jill, sharing a little bit about what are they doing now, where they live, um, and where they're originally from. And we can start with you, Andrea, and then Jill. Hello, everyone. I am basically from Venezuela, but I guess this, this is the theme of the podcast. I've been moving <laughs> around my whole life, mm-hmm. um, and I'm currently living in Luxembourg. After a tough year Incredible. in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, though. Yeah. Jill, what about you? Great. Hey, everyone. Um, my name is Jill, and I'm living here in Orlando, but I'm originally from Canada, which is something that I'm sure I'll get into in a little bit. Yes. Um, I'm from, I was born in Newfoundland, Canada, and um, I've lived a lot of places, but I'm here in Orlando right now. Great. Awesome. And what are, you, what are each of you drinking, Jill? Um, well, actually, Juan, you know this. I'm on a alcohol-free yes. <laughs> lens right now. She is. I forgot about that. That's true. <laughs> so I thought that um, maybe for any non-alcoholic or non-alcohol <laughs> listeners, I would try a non-alcoholic yeah. beer. Okay, so, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, so I bought um, Beck's non-alcoholic beer. It's um, made in Germany, so it's pretty cool. And, and it's actually wow. pretty good. It tastes exactly like beer, except it's a little less carbonated. So it's wow, interesting. look at that. An American tap first. Oh, yeah. A non-alcoholic <laughs> beer. Jill's breaking all in order. <laughs> Andrea, what about you? What are you drinking? <laughs> I brought it a little bit back to my roots, and I'm having, mm-hmm. well, not my roots, but the Latin roots. I'm having yeah. Corona. <laughs> oh, cool. That, that's crazy because I'm having a Modelo, so it's no. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so let's get into the conversation of tonight. You know, I shared the definition of a third culture kid earlier in the pod, but, you know, it basically means someone that was raised in a country outside of their parents' culture or the culture of where they were born. So having stated that, how do each of you qualify for this? Like, what is your third culture kid story? And we can start with Andrea and then we'll go with Jill. I think I uh, guess I fully embody this uh, <laughs> notion of third culture kid. I, as I said before, I was born in Venezuela, and I only lived there until I was eight. Then we moved to Brazil, and I lived there for two years and a half. Then we moved to London, and I was in London for about four years. Mm-hmm. Then we moved on to Colombia, which is where I met yeah, you again. We met, yeah, because, <laughs> by the way, we had already met when we were kids, apparently. Oh, my gosh. We met, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah so cool. we just yeah. don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So then after our lovely time in Colombia, uh, I went to Greece because my parents moved to Greece, but I was mm-hmm. only there for a short amount of time. And I actually started my bachelor's back in London. So I went back to London. Mm-hmm. After London, I then moved to Spain, to Barcelona, to do my first master's degree. Then I moved to Switzerland to do my second master's degree. Don't ask me why. I <laughs> yeah, that was kind of going to be my follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm in Luxembourg working and doing an internship here. Amazing. That's literally the definition of a third culture kid. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> Jill, how about you? Wow. What's your third culture kid story? Well, honestly, I thought I had lived in a lot of places, but I nothing <laughs> compares to that. <laughs> so, as I said, I was born in uh, Newfoundland, Canada, and um, like Andre, I really moved a lot when growing up, so we moved pretty much every three years. Mm-hmm. I lived in Newfoundland, and then we moved to England for three years, and then we moved back to Newfoundland, which is like the easternmost province in Canada. And then we actually moved onto a boat in the Bahamas for a That's year. That's my favorite part of the story. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, my family was just kind of very random and wants to try all these new things. So we sold our house and moved onto a boat. And then we moved back to Canada, but we moved to Nova Scotia, which is where my mom lives now. But uh, And then I started boarding school in Boston, Massachusetts. And then my parents moved to Bermuda, so we lived there for a while. And then um, I started my undergrad at Rollins, and then I moved to New York City after that. And then now I'm back, back doing my master's. Back to Rollins. Yeah, back to and Rollins. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like between the three of us, we have like a quarter of the world already figured out. I, it feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So, you know, now that we've kind of established what this is, which is not, you know, it's not a very common term, I would say, but once you explain it, it makes a lot of sense. Once I hear your stories and where you've lived, the term third culture kid makes a lot more sense. But how has that, how has being a third culture kid impacted you? And I, and I know that may be kind of a vague question, but I mean that on purpose because I want you guys to go wherever you want with it. So Jill, let's start with you. How, how do you think being a third culture kid has impacted you? Well, actually, it's something that I hadn't really thought about that much or really talked with that many people about being a third culture kid really until you won, until we yeah. started talking about being from all these different places and kind of how that impacted us. But I think it's really probably mostly it's impacted my personality and kind of the values that I have and um, that I can bring around to all these different places. I can like take a little bit from everywhere that I've lived and it's been able to shape me as a person in that way. And so for one example, I feel like I can meet people and become friends with people no matter what their background is pretty quickly and, and sort of be able to listen to someone's story and relate on many different levels and things like that. Because you um, kind of, I mean, you kind of met so many people with so many different backgrounds that there's honestly a few things that surprise you at this point, I assume. Exactly. Yeah. Or I can, I, some people may be able to think like, oh, she's, she's nothing like me. We're so different. But I'm like, oh, little do you know, I actually have this in common right. or something exactly. like that. Or I know people that have done similar things. So that's pretty cool. And then um, probably another way that it's impacted me is um, just being super close with my family, despite now living so far away from them. And uh, we talk a lot. Like I talk to my mom every single day. Um, <laughs> I, I understand how that's like. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of, we all get mad at each other if we don't really keep up enough. Right. If they don't check in once a day, then call the police because something's going on. Oh yeah. And then probably lastly, I mean, this is just on my parents' side, but they, instead of, they kind of try to instill family values in us more than like cultural values. So we kind yeah. of like created our own little culture wherever we family went. Family culture. Yeah. yeah that exactly. makes sense. Yeah. Andrea, what about you? I mean, I think Jill covered a lot of I mean, yeah. how I feel, but I'm curious <laughs> about your experience as well. Like, 
where where does third culture kid fit into who Andrea is today? I mean, I share a lot of your perspectives as well. Um, I think that it has made me who I am today, everywhere I've lived. But I think most importantly, I think I've become a lot more open-minded. Yeah, and not only to other people's culture, yeah. but to other people's perspectives. I think I'm a lot less judgmental than I think I would have been if I had stayed in mm -hmm. one country my whole life. I agree, yeah. yeah definitely. I think that really helps that aspect that you were talking about, Jill, about being easy to talk to and just making friends quickly. And I think it's because we have developed an open mind to just listening and understanding other cultures and just accepting how they are and accepting that other people are different. And I've seen this also with how I travel. Every time I go somewhere new, just for mere travel, I mm -hmm. try to really engage and immerse myself in the local culture rather than going for, to all the restaurants that the typical tourists go to. The tourist places, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I try to go to like the local restaurants and just really see what the local lifestyle is. And I think I wouldn't have so much of an interest in that if I had not lived in so many countries and really see how enriching the experience really is. Right. I think, I mean, I completely agree with that. And I think, number one, it sounds like all three of us would make amazing travel partners because we would probably find yes. all the cool places. <laughs> and, and number two, I, I, you know, I really relate to what you said about kind of really digging into going beyond superficiality, right? And like being able to talk to all these people because that's how you really get to know a country or a society is through the people. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I really relate to that as well. And, you know, now that, I mean, I consider myself a mature adult, I like to think I am. I hope I am. But, I, you know, now that I look back, I can say like, oh, wow, yeah, being a third culture kid was such a positive experience. I, I really enjoy it. I'm glad who I am now. But I definitely wasn't always of that mindset. Like there were many times when my parents had the talk with me and my brothers about, hey, Juan, this is where we're moving next. Uh, and I wasn't thrilled. So I think, you know, in relation to that, are there any drawbacks to being a third culture kid that you guys can think of? Are there any negatives? And Andrea, you can start here and then Jill. The two things that come to mind is, first, where is home? I think yeah. whenever I spoke to somebody about my life and the whole aspect of me having to move around, everyone always asked me, so, okay, so what do you feel is your home? And I always really struggled with this question. Same. And yeah. it really mm -hmm. became this uh, cliche answer where, and I truly do believe it, it's wherever my parents are, that is my home. Correct, yeah. yeah. And it kind of links same. to what you were saying before, Jill, about, you know, your family's creating your own values and your own little culture in the end. Yeah. I think that that kind of links to that because at the end of the day, they are the people that make it home, where, no matter where you are in the world. Definitely. Um, Damn, such a great quote right there. <laughs> Man, exactly. <that's> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you can quote me. <laughs> Jill, do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I was going to say a very similar thing. And for me, it's explaining like exactly where I'm from or where I was born. Those Because those are kind of two different things now. So it gets a little even more confusing now because my parents are divorced. So yeah. And they live in two different countries. So I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah, it, you know, when yeah. we ask you where is home, that is actually something you have to think about for a few minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I probably would tell most people that I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia, but mm -hmm. really I only lived there for middle school and, well, and that's just that's, where my mom lives now. So that's where, I, that's where I thought you were from all this time. Exactly. So look at that, learning something new. Yeah. Like I really only lived there for three years. So it's, it's kind of weird. Um, and yeah, then, that, that question of home is, is really tough, honestly. Yeah. And then it gets even yeah. more confusing when I'm, when I'm actually in Halifax because people there know I'm not, I wasn't born there. So they're like, where are you from? I'm like, I have to say then I'm from Newfoundland, which I don't really identify with because I lived there when I was so yeah. young, but it's a hard, it's, it's just hard. <laughs> yeah. I completely relate to this, especially when I say I'm from Venezuela. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's really tough. You know, the, you mentioned that, and I, and I think I, I think back to it's tough being a local even in your own country because I, I think Andrea can relate to it to this too that when we go back to Venezuela, I mean I haven't been back in a while, but when I go back, it's like your locals are like, who, where are you even from? Because you don't yeah, have only sure. a Venezuelan accent, and you definitely don't behave like a Venezuelan. But yeah. when I go somewhere else, they're like, you're definitely not from here either. So like, there's really nowhere that yeah. you can be like, yes, I'm from here. Okay, let me. Be. <laughs> where is home? Yeah, it's a tough question. Uh, yeah. So let's let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our next segment. So back to the show, we've been talking to Jill and Andrea about what it means to be a third culture kid, uh, kind of they share their third culture kid story and some of the things that I wouldn't necessarily call them negatives, but some of the drawbacks from being a third culture kid. And now we're going to, um, you know, get into some more questions. Then obviously we have to play my favorite game, which is lightning round, but we'll get into that in a sec. So, you know, for my next question, I want to talk about our daily routine because I think our daily routine is fairly similar to anyone else's. Like we're not kind of these bizarre people that behave oddly, but I, I think, it, yeah, no, me too. I mean, I, I, again, I, like to think, I like to think we're pretty normal, but we'll ask something else. But I think, it, but I think if you start looking closely, uh, you start noticing some similarities among us. And when you guys were talking, I, you know, I, I kind of felt really weird because I was like, man, I, this, it's like I could be saying those things. You know, but I've learned, for example, to pack my entire life in like two suitcases, which I've done multiple times and just like move somewhere. <laughs> Sounds like maybe even less suitcases because airlines are like determined to charge me for each one. But, I, but I've, I've learned yeah. to do that. Um, like I've learned to value my passport more than anything because if I lose it, I'm done. But what are things that you guys do now? Um, and, you know, this can be made when you're traveling or even when you're home. But what are things that you do now that you think you picked up because you were a third culture kid? And Jill, we can start with you and then we can uh, go to Andrea. Well, packing definitely is one of them. I consider yeah. myself an expert packer. Yes. <laughs> I like to brag about that to anyone that will listen. But um, um, also, I would say probably not being super attached to, like, any one specific place and being able to just kind of, like, move on if I have to move somewhere. If something comes up, being able to adapt really quickly, whatever it is. And that just comes from my parents. Just, I mean, my parents were the ones that told us we were moving so much, so I just kind of had to, like, get over it and move on. Right. Um, so I think that, being really adaptable... And then also probably, like we talked about before, loving visiting new places. And mm -hmm. even if it's not somewhere I'm living, like if I'm traveling somewhere, just getting outside my comfort zone, meeting new people and like having new experiences right. um, in new places. I yeah, really I love agree that. with both those things. Yeah. Andrea, how about, how about you? I think this question could have not come at a perfect timing. <laughs> <'cause> I, just... <laughs> I would love to say that I can pack everything into two suitcases, but my reality is I can only do so into three suitcases. But, <laughs> Very close. But guys, guys, winter clothes take a lot of That's space. true. That's true. You do need a luxury after all. Yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> no, but I think aside from the packing, um, it's really weird, but I think I also learned how to stop hoarding. Yes. Oh, yeah. You live with a bare minimum because you don't know what you're exactly. going to be able to take to the next place. And I really didn't really, really realize this until I was moving out of Switzerland and I had my other friends also moving out. And I, I have a friend that really struggles to let go of things and just be <laughs> like, okay, I'm not going to need this anymore. So just leave it. Donate it. And whereas I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't need this anymore. No, I'm not going to yeah, this anymore. Yeah, you're quick to you detach. You just get rid of things, mm -hmm. yeah. And you just really take the things that you really need and you go, pack, and leave. And that's true, yeah. And that so mentality, true. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It took me a while to develop this mentality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I definitely like to used to like to hoard onto the things that had what I thought emotional value. Yeah. But when you can only um, take three <laughs> of the five things, you start figuring exactly. out what's gonna matter. Yeah, you start weighing which one's uh, more, more important. Present. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always felt that third culture kids are kind of like a little global family, even if we don't know each other yet. I mean, I, I look back to every third culture kid I've ever met, and I can almost instantly say I was their friend. And I think it's because we kind of speak the same language. You know, we, we have similar fears. We have similar expectations. Uh, so do you guys agree with this? Do you think it's easier to befriend someone that has kind of have this diverse uh, moving around throughout their entire life? Jill, we can start with you and then go to Andrea. Yeah, I say I definitely agree with that. And I think that actually goes into me as like a person wanting to make new friends. I love meeting people that are from different places. And I try and make my friend group really diverse and like people with a lot of different backgrounds because I feel like they can um, relate to me and also like add so much to my friendship and teach me about new things. So when I look back at all my different friend groups, I think my friends from middle school, my friends from high school, all my different friends all bring so many different things to the table yeah. and they might get together and be like, what the heck? We are so different, but, yes. um, but it's just so interesting and different phases of my life relate to different friends that right. I have and things like that. And I mean, I look, I look back at uh, Andreas and I'm in my friendship and you know, Andreas has two <laughs> older, uh, older brothers, one twin and an older brother. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, and we're also three. So I, I always thought that we got along really well, really fast. And I yeah. thought part of it was that it was that they moved to Colombia and I, well, yeah, we had already been there for a year. And so it was just like this quick friendship. I mean, what do you think of this, yeah. Andrea? Maybe you're about I, to say that we're not great friends, but I'm going to throw it out there. No, I don't know what you're saying. Let's align expectations and realities here. No, I, I really agree with you. I think actually, I even remember the day I, I met you supposedly, what yeah. we felt was for the first time, right. but really wasn't. Um, and I really did think that we bonded so quickly, yes. but I think what really makes it so easy to bond with other third culture kids is that you go through a similar experience. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's not the exact same, but I think that the fact that you know what the other person has gone through really makes yes. you bond. Yeah. Yes. You kind of skip and the first few steps of a friendship. You just kind of jump into exactly. better friends. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you just understand each other a lot. Yeah. It, I, I think that, I mean, I said earlier, but I think the best metaphor is like we kind of speak the same language on that front. Yeah. I yeah. agree, definitely. So let's talk about patriotism and heritage, which are kind of two concepts I've personally struggled with for a long time because I see my parents, you know, expressing the kind of their, what, what I consider normal patriotic uh, kind of affection for Venezuela um, or other close to me. But, and, and, but I struggle with that. And, and like, don't get me wrong, I love my country, but I feel like it's just my Venezuelan patriotism batteries are like always running low. I don't know it's because I've never lived there, but I find it hard to be patriotic for a country I don't feel like I know very well. And I'm wondering if you guys have similar issues. Uh, what do you think here? And we can start with Andrea and then go to Jill. You know, I completely understand what you mean. And I think the issue is that because I lived in Venezuela, same case with you, mm -hmm. when I was so young, I don't remember most of my life there. So for me, yeah. it's really difficult to identify myself. And the Venezuela I know is the Venezuela that I see through my parents' memories and basically through their eyes. So yes. I think that's what makes it very difficult also for me to be as patriotic as I think I could have been had I lived there. And for I a think longer like, period of time, yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, if I had, like just coming back to what we were saying before, you know, I met some Venezuelans recently that also work at the company that I am in and they've lived there the whole lives and they just moved out for the first time mm -hmm. out of Venezuela and... I feel kind of odd telling them that I'm also Venezuelan yeah. because I, I know that I'm not in a way. So like you're not Venezuelan enough for them. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You have to something to prove. Yeah. Like I like to eat our repas too. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to make them. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's I couldn't have said it any better. Jill, how about you? Do you have this feeling? Yeah. I, this is actually kind of a funny topic. I think about this a lot because I find when I'm here in the states, um, I find myself arguing or like disagreeing with things that are happening here, and like I find myself really advocating for Canada and especially you know governmental things mm-hmm. and a lot of the things that we have going on in the country. And I'm like, Canada's the best. Yet I'm living in the states. And then when I go back to Canada, it's the opposite. I find myself really um, defending America to my family and yes, my friends 100%. that are there. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not that bad. You don't understand, you know. So you don't know. Yeah, I have this like weird mix. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like my boyfriend gets the worst of both worlds. Because no matter where we are, he just is really on the wrong side of the stick. So Shout, shout out to Billy for dating a third culture kid. Yes. It's, a, it's a tough world. <laughs> he has a lot to put up with, honestly. He's <laughs> probably like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> hey, but we're, we're from people overall. <laughs> exactly. Lots of culture, you know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, so let's take another quick break and we'll be right back for our last segment. So we're back for more. Um, we've been talking to Jill and Andrea about their life being a third culture kid. And now we're going to play my favorite game called Lightning Round. I'll read a word or phrase, and my two guests will respond only with one word, which is a hard part. Oh, um, so as soon as so we'll, we'll always go with Jill first, and then Andrea. Okay, so but is I'll, it like the first word that comes to mind? Or? Yes, yes, okay. yes, exactly. Just like your first reaction to that phrase or word that I say. Okay. 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 So Jill first, and then Andrea. Sure. So we'll start with going to a new school. Um, I would say making new friends. That's not one okay. word, but <laughs> it's, it's all hyphenated. We'll say it's all friendship, hyphenated. friendship. Yes, yeah. friendship. You know, it's, every every guest I've had on the podcast is always struggling. They always like oh, that's yeah. all. I know it's not one word, but it's okay. We'll just hyphenate it all. <laughs> okay. Next uh, phrase slash question: How many rooms have you lived in? Oh God, uh, I would say over ten. Yes. <laughs> I would say over. I would say like twelve. Yeah, same. Yeah. I would say around 12. I mean, including all my colleagues in rooms. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's uh, true. Quite a bit. Renewing your password. Oh, my gosh. I just did this. This is awful. Especially <laughs> from another country. Yeah. It's expensive. <laughs> and it's awful. We'll go with either awful or expensive. Yes. Overall, not a great experience. <laughs> no. I'm going to go for the polar opposite. Easy. Oh, lucky. Wow. I'm so Man. jealous. That is insane. I'm telling you guys, you should become <laughs> Spanish nationals. Oh. I guess it was pretty easy when I did it. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't too hard. I swear, you hand it in and they give you a new yeah. one straight up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. They're Maybe if organized. I was in Canada, I would do that, but it they were easy. like, oh, that was a hassle. <laughs> okay, next word is, or phrase, figuring out where home is. Uh, family for me. You stole my word, Jill. Again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we okay, can I'm share gonna... it. Okay. Family. How Fam. nice. Aww. Okay, and then the last phrase is, uh, and, and your reaction to this was say, when other people say, oh my God, I moved houses and it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Uh, that would be like the face palm emoji, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like get over it, really. <laughs> yeah. Get over it. Awesome. It is difficult, I understand, but you know. Yeah, it is. But it's when you put it world. in the yeah, in the bigger perspective, you're like, really? 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, great job. You guys did pretty well, considering. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, so <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. So we've all accomplished a certain level of education. I mean, Andrea has two masters in her belt. Jill and I are currently working on our master's degrees. What was the process for each of you to choose where you would go to school? And I asked you because obviously we had maybe multiple choices to go for just based on where we had lived, where we had nationality, where we'd want to go. So Jill, you can start with you. What, what, uh, what kind of was your process to deciding I want to study in the United States? Sure. Um, well, I was actually also already in the United States. I was in Boston mm-hmm. for high school. So I, the college process here is they really only look at colleges in the States. Uh, so I basically had like blinders on to just staying here. And then also I narrowed it down even more because I was a horseback rider. So oh, okay. I was traveling basically in high school every weekend. I was leaving from Boston to come down to Florida to ride. Mm. So, so I was like, this would just be so much easier if I was in Florida. <laughs> so, so it almost was kind of decided for you by the, by the situation you were living in. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Andrea? I mean, I think for me, I wanted universities that were challenging mm-hmm. because that meant that the people around me were also going to be, we're going to have really interesting backgrounds. And I think at the end of the day, you end up learning more from those who are surrounding you than the actual classes themselves. Yeah, definitely. Like 100%. <laughs> um, but another key factor for me was the international environment, mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. at the university, but also wherever the university was located. And I think you can see that except for Switzerland. Switzerland is an exception. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah I mean, I was in London and in London is super I mean, Barcelona. international. Barcelona. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Barcelona is an amazing international city. Super international. For sure. Um, I guess Switzerland is international in terms of Germany. <laughs> yeah. There's people from other countries. We'll give them that. We'll give Switzerland yeah. that. Yeah. So this um, may be kind of a mid-level, mid-life kind of crisis. Like, I'm 15. I don't know what to do with my life. But I'm going to ask you guys, how are you figuring out where to settle down? Because that's such a challenge for me. I mean, I, I don't oh know if I, you know, there's so many factors to consider. Like, are you going to get a permanent visa? Is this where you want to be culturally? Uh, but what about you guys? Like, where do you think you want to settle and how are you making that decision? Jill, we can start with you and then Andrea. Oh, this is such a tough question. And it's something that like half is on my mind all the time and half I'm kind of like, don't think about it. Whatever happens yeah. will happen. So I really am trying to just keep an open mind, especially now that I'm going into my last year of my master's and I'm going to have to start applying for jobs. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because gr- growing up, I always really did want to settle down in one place and just like not move and, and like have roots there. Right. But yeah. now I'm kind of seeing that like, Maybe I want to try a few different places before I actually settle down. So I think that I'm just going to try and go with the flow and see like where life mm-hmm. takes me. And then where I your think job once, takes you. Yeah, exactly. And once I know, once I'm in a place and a time in my life where I'm ready to like stop moving around, then I think it will become obvious. And hopefully I'll ha- be able to deal with all the visa, whatever yeah. situations it will <laughs> be. Like. <laughs> yeah, when that happens. Andrea, how about you? How, do, how are you figuring out where to finish off? I think this is really tough for me. It's something also that I'm thinking about a lot, but at the same time, I don't want to think about it just to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really difficult. I think, you know, for the longest time, I actually really thought I want my children to go through the same experiences. Yeah. And I want to move around. I want a job that makes me move around. And Mm -hmm. so I can, you know, my, my children can grow up the way that I did. Right. I, I feel like it was really enriching. I, just matured a lot quicker than I think I would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm very mature anyway, but still. <laughs> um, but 
But at the same time, you know, just like when I was doing the security background check for this company and they asked me to give them my address, my last oh, address wow. within the last seven yeah. years. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's the and worst question. Had, <laughs> that just makes me nervous. I don't know what to do. I don't know. That's a very hard question. I have seven different addresses. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't. I uh, That part of me is just a bit, wow, maybe I should settle somewhere at least right. for a bit and see how that feels. Because it's weighing the pros and cons, right? Yeah. We were talking about the cons about being a third culture kid. And I think one thing for me was, you know, that friendships, you always, you have friends everywhere. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you, you see do. people that grew up always oh, in the yeah. same oh, place yeah. and they have that bond and they're like, yeah, yeah my, my home friends. And I'm just like, yeah. I don't know what yeah. that feels like. Have yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I always think about that. Or like camp friends. People have friends that they went to camp exactly. with or something. What does it feel I'm like? like what? Exactly. <laughs> that's so I mean, funny. that's that's funny yeah. you mentioned that, Andrea, because that, that was my last question is like, you know, let's say it's 20 years in the future and would you, after having lived through all this, would you want your kids to follow a similar life path? Um, and I guess for Andrea, we know probably <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, Andrea, to that question. No, I think that's pretty much yeah. so. Yeah, you, you <laughs> want to wanna have that path. What about yeah. you, Jill? Um, I don't know. I, like I said, it's pretty much go with the flow. I think it really depends on what I'm doing in my life and like where my family is and uh, things like that. So I think if I'm... Li- if if I'm settling down somewhere, if I'm living here in the States, then I think I'll probably bring a lot of the values that I have from like being Canadian or moving around Mm -hmm. to my kids and wherever we are. But I think, I don't know if I want them to move maybe as much as I did, but definitely experience different cultures, whether that's just like traveling a lot or, um, you know, doing a lot of different, um, cultural things. Right. Cultural things. yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Great. Awesome, guys. Well, that's it for this episode of America on Tap. Uh, I want to thank Jill and Andrea for coming on and talking about the third culture kid experience. Thank you. It was awesome to have you Thank you. Of course. I I hope I I can see you, uh, Andrea, soon. I don't know where, but I hope I can see you soon. Let's come to Luxembourg. I promise it's not as boring as people. There we go. It sounds fun. An invitation for everyone. (laughs) Thanks, Andrea. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of America on Tap, make sure you leave me a review on your podcast app of choice. Tell your friends about it and tune in next time. Cheers to having a conversation that doesn't end in an angry Twitter rant.